This podcast contains adult content, so if you've got little ears in the car, you may want to turn it down. We also go deep into the emotional, spiritual, and energetic worlds, so please open your hearts and proceed with care. As soon as your outer vestments are in hand, I know you're easy. Even when you're a woo 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 Welcome to the Woo Wooverse. We are opening the mirror door to alternate realities, parallel universes, magical shit, mystical shenanigans, spirit guides, you know, woo woo kind of stuff and woo woo adjacent stuff. I am one of your hosts, I'm Kira Lee. And I'm Lynette. And today we talking healing. I'm so pleased to be here to have this conversation with you. Mm. We are going to be talking about healing and how people heal. And it's kind of what all of this is about, really, isn't it, Lynette? I feel like people don't usually step towards the world that we're in because everything's just fine and dandy and wonderful and there's no problems. Thank you. Like often people (laughs) turn up to the mirror door on their knees, right? Crawling in. Part of the spiritual journey is about healing. It's also about all the other bliss that comes with being fully connected and being a full circuit. But for sure, healing and the journey of changing and transforming is absolutely what this is about. Yeah, yep. especially as a yoga teacher as well. Like that was one thing that I would find is, again, nobody turns up to a yoga class because everything's just dandy, really. People turn up because there's something that's just not quite right, something they're looking to shift, something they're looking to transform. And it, it's kind of part of the awkwardness of being human, really, isn't it? Like it's a bit, it's a bit awkward having a human body and a spiritual soul and these parts that we play out during our lifetime. It's not always, it's not always hot. It's often quite awkward. <laughs> well, as we discussed in the very beginning, you don't always realise that you're in there, really, do you? <laughs> like to start with, you just kind of <laughs> plodding around, bumper carring off everything, and then at some point you become aware that you are actually steering the ship or the car or mm, whatever it is. There's something, and, and there's something bigger going on? Yeah, there's some kind mm. of awakening. And in that awakening, I guess you start to feel all the things that are not in alignment or that you don't want to do again. So you start to get this choice. You start to get activated by the desire to make things better, which is a great thing. But then I guess the question is, where the heck do you start? And like you said, for a lot of people, it's like, well, you start with the big chunky problem right in front of you right now that you're not surviving. And you're Mm -hmm. right, then Mm -hmm. you put your hand up and some kind of class might become available or whatever. But Yeah. yeah, I think it starts with that deep sense of awareness and feeling of being uncomfortable somehow and being human. The, The whole being human thing is quite hilarious isn't it yes. I, you always call it a meat suit don't you like yes. you always say yes. I'm in a meat suit yep. I'd never heard that before but it's kind of really stuck with me and some days I imagine my little meat suit around my soul and I think yes okay so what am I healing the meat suit or the soul or of it, mm. all of it together and I guess the energy is the glue between that it binds it all together exactly 
And when I say meat suit, I don't want to in any way denigrate the body, but I do think it's a really nice <laughs> image, at least for me, to acknowledge that it is, it's like bodies are amazing. There's no doubt about it, but they're also not all of who we are and, and yeah. our external is not and how we look and, and what our, what our physical abilities are is not all of who we are. It really is just the meat suit that contains our soul. That I believe is all of who we are. And that's what like part of the spiritual journey is, is moving away from the material and, and, and the physical and into the internal, which is where the healing happens. Yeah. I, I used to sit and listen to people talk about that soul aspect, that energy of the divine within us that is kind of the essence of us, I guess. And I used to think, wow, that's really interesting. And then I started to realise that part of our project is to kind of get the body or the physical world as much as we can to amplify or emanate that spirit or that soul. Mm. And that's Mm. why I think sometimes things need to be adjusted and for some of us it's a pleasure like where I am now sometimes I think oh wow it's really exciting I've got a little personal project of learning to do but equally there are times where that personal project is really so difficult I'm not enjoying Mm. it at all so you're like can I just not be done by now please (laughs) have you seen that meme of that little girl in the pink jumper with the big butterfly wings and it says when you feel another transformation coming but you've had four already and you're just done and she's kind of just mopey and I just think of her look I don't I have not seen that meme but I have lived it (laughs) yeah I, I feel like she is some kind of part of me on a deep level some days because she's just oh done it's so funny that the meme I was going to say to you is one that's been going around lately. That's me and my friends in my 20s. Woo, let's get drunk. We're going to hit the town. Me and my friends in our 30s. Now, what you're experiencing is actually some sort of trauma. And this is how I dealt with my trauma. And it's like, it's so funny because it's true. And I think this is one of the benefits of aging. I wasn't so interested in healing in my 20s. I guess maybe life hadn't smacked me around so much. I didn't oh, yeah. really feel I like there, I needed baby. to heal. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm 39 and I've been kicked yeah. around quite a bit and I've got some healing to do and I'm heavily into it yeah and by my 30s my 30th birthday or so I <laughs> was, was like blast, PS. I was absolutely that was a great party <laughs> yes you were there yes that, oh my god you were there I forgot that wow well that was my party of me reclaiming my happiness and my journey mm. because I had been through the tunnel and I came out and I was like, I love me. I love life. I I am here and I don't know what's going to happen. You came out with a long blonde ponytail and an excellent party. It was amazing. It had a bit of a Kylie Minogue spinning around theme, I think. It yes, had. And, yes. Um, yeah. yeah, and, you know, that was the thing. And everybody does this in different stages and different timings. But I remember never thinking I was going to get to the end of that experience and then it did lift and that and that's a really exciting time but it's not always like that is it and there's stages too like sometimes healing is messy and awful and sometimes it's glorious and it's Kylie Minogue spinning around on your 30th birthday I really feel like the reason we we are actually here is to heal that like what do you what's the meaning of life the meaning of life is to heal ourselves to understand ourselves and to love ourselves until we die, like that's actually the project you can do with your life that will give you the best return on your investment. That that's like that's how you elevate your soul as well. Yeah, and it is a journey. 
not a destination. Mm. And mm. I, I mm-hmm. think it takes a bit to truly understand that. Like when you're in the midst of it and you're doing all your things, you really want to believe it's about that moment. But later on I think it is really apparent that it becomes I may as well enjoy this. Like I may as mm. well love the fact that I have the opportunity and we have talked about this. It is a privilege to go in mm. and heal and yes. psychologically assess yourself and yes. energetically shift yourself because it means yep. you're not in survival mode anymore yep. and you've been blessed with, you know, some kind of awareness and awakening and tools in, and techniques and, and tools teachers. and techniques and yep. people yep. and so mm-hmm. yeah it's a complete privilege yeah what what is trauma like if we talk about healing then mm. then we're talking about what we're healing from right so what what mm. is trauma well trauma is some kind of emotional response and usually quite an intense neurological psychological emotional response to an event and one thing may be completely not traumatic for you. So going to kindergarten was incredibly traumatic for me. I Mm. lay in the back of a hall and cried myself to sleep every single day of my first year of kindergarten. I don't remember enjoying a thing. I remember thinking, what is this insane, silly thing? It was completely (laughs) traumatising. And actually then afterwards when I went and did my healing, I realised that there were things that happened previous to that that made that event traumatising. It was not pleasant for me. Whereas, yeah, you had a great time, right? I marched on in. I couldn't wait to be there. I went as early as I could. I've been a girly swat since the day I was born. I was like, I'm a nerd. I'm up the front. Let's learn. Can, please give me more homework. I would really enjoy that. I and was I guess, just looking at you thinking, what, why do you want to be at home in fluffy socks where mum just brings out the apples and the sandwiches and, you know, we do things together. Crazy, yeah. That is one of the essential parts of all of this, isn't it? And And you said it, that... What is traumatic for one person is not traumatic for another person. We all have wounds that if you stick your finger in them will scream, but the Mm. wounds are different for every single person based Mm. on what we came to earth with in this lifetime, what was put on us when we were a kid, what's been slapping us around since we've been hanging out on earth. It's it's different for every single person and every person's journey to healing is um, completely bespoke and individual. And unique. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I tell that story about the kindergarten experience (laughs) Because, and I still think exactly, poor little Annette and I want to go and hug her. And, of course, me sending my children to kindergarten meant that that was very heavily in my consciousness. But that episode, that experience, that trauma actually didn't even come to my mind to be healed until I was in my mid to late 20s when I was having separation, abandonment, trauma and challenges and that time and that was bringing me to my knees and then when I started to unpack it, Mm, it led all the way back. Yeah, Yeah, so it's an interesting thing that you might be sitting very, very happily and people ask me this all the time, if I'm really happy, should I be going digging? No, I I don't. Go to the yoga class happy. Please turn up Mm. with your mat and, you know, you be the one holding the light space. Fantastic. Mm. No, this is not about that. This is not. You need to get down and dig, 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 dig like you're looking for dinosaur bones that were packed in there years and eons ago. No, I think it is very much that 
you will feel the lack of certainty. You'll, you don't feel settled. You can say yeah. there is anxiety. I worry all the time. I think about something all the time. I'm having yeah. an unusual response. Yeah. It's like taking dot, dot, dot. the temperature in your life, isn't it? Like if it's, yeah. if it's all just warm and lovely, just keep going. If the temperature yeah. suddenly goes up or down, then yeah, that's your call to healing. That's your call to address what's going on. And I think that there are people we must say who, and I said before that these top three chakras that we've just explored are very much a choice about how deeply you go into them. Mostly they're a choice about how deeply you go into them. And we've got to honour the fact that some people have reached their level of desired connection, healing and understanding and awareness of themselves. And that is all they want to do. And we need to respect that. I think that Anyone who's done a spiritual journey and connection path might say to them at some point while you're trekking beautiful shamanic journey, you may experience something that Mm -hmm. does come up for you as one of these things that we're talking about. But equally, I don't think we should predict or say that everyone's going to do that. I think it's nice to know that we have to equally honour. If someone says, I don't want to do that, that's not what I'm experiencing. I, I can't see that. That does not you're not talking to me in a way I understand that's right for me. Definitely. Um, On the other side as well, I feel like every, you know, a lot of people are alive right now. What is it, like 7 billion or something? A lot of people have lived. Yeah, yeah, I'm not exactly keeping count, but it's somewhere in the vicinity. (laughs) A lot of people have lived. And one of the things about humans are that we are incredibly resilient. So anything Mm. you're going through, anything Mm. you've suffered through, anything that's been done to you, Mm. it's been done to somebody else as well. And they have figured out how to heal it. There's so much potential and possibility for healing it. And if you're not up for it, not a problem. And if you are up for it, there's so much out there to assist you. Yeah. So many teachers, so many amazing books. And one of the things I've spent the last 10 to 20 years doing is gathering those teachings and books and trying to put them in an order that makes Mm. sense to the energy system. The other thing I think that's really interesting about that, Kirli, There is this wonderful quote that says, if you made it through the trauma, you're going to make it through the recovery. And I, it's so true. And that was said to me on a day where I actually questioned my helper and said to her, how do you, you tell me someone that's made it through this much pain. You Mm. tell me that someone that's made it through this much trauma and feeling like they're cracking apart and they don't know who they are. And she looked at me and she said, I have. And she said, and you will too. And she told me Mm. her story and it stopped me in my tracks. And I apologised to her and said, I'm so sorry that I had assumed that you were just helping me from a place of like learning, you know, it in books, not, you know, of course she wasn't because that's why she was so special. Yeah, she was like, there are others and you will be able to do this. And then she told me that quote. And I, it just rung like a bell inside of me yeah. and I just kept repeating it to myself. Yeah. And our wounds and our traumas, they c- can be the source of our power because it's true. If you can get through it, if you can survive it and then you can heal it, it makes you incredibly resilient and strong and powerful and empathetic as well. It's, it, yes. it's a way of being able to meet other people in there. If you've been a bit broken, you can meet other people in their broken spaces. And as a yoga teacher, I always thought that the stuff that had broken me made me a better teacher. And I always used to joke that I was the teacher of the broken, the beaten and the damned because I'd been all three at some 
one point. And I was like, these <laughs> are my people. Sister. Amen. We've broken the beat and the damned. Come on down. Roll out a mat. Get comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm much happier in that energy myself. I, I truly get it. And that experience of where we kind of enter the wound, it's where the light gets in, you know, that whole concept the and the quote. quote. So yeah. it's a journey back to us. It's yeah. a journey to understand everything and everyone else from a different lens. So it clears that fog as we were talking about in the third eye. But it also is a journey to the divine. So that wound has somehow been keeping you separate from the divine. And if you think about it in really spiritual terms, let's expand the lens, you know, let's take it out, take it out, take it out. What we're saying is that this wound was a gift given to you like a thorn in your paw. And if you heal it and you go into it, the light will get in, you will clear your disconnection from the divine. That is motivating to me when I understand that, you know, like I'm like, okay, let's go in because at the other end is the divine. And that is the truth. I, I think anyone who comes through something through the other side is now teaching the thing we keep cheerleading out with our little pom-poms is Let's on the other side please. of this is everything you have been praying for and wish for. And that may not be the Ferrari, but when that light gets in, mm. there's an absence of nothing. Like that's the thing. It's like the fulfillment of that light getting in is bliss. Mm. And then you have to hear with the partner. It's not just with you too, is it, right? It's you, it's your family, it's your partnership, it's your community. groups, it's your community. It gets complex when the more people you chuck in there, um, <laughs> as, you, as we've known. The healing gang. Yeah, gang, girl gangs, boy gangs, boy girl gangs, you know, you name it. But healing gangs. That, yeah, we've got a lot of, I think we are in a time where that group healing and the healing with others is is probably some of the forefront of our work at the moment. I feel like we really share a language. That's what I really mm. like about these current times. I feel like my parents, their parents, their parents, there wasn't a shared language of um, kind of therapy culture and talking about our emotions and call to healing and healing techniques. And now, and now there is. Now we all have the language that we need to be able to talk to each other about that about this and it makes it possible, right? Oh my gosh, Kiralee, I'm nodding and laughing because I remember sitting with a lot of that generation and they would tell a traumatic story about somebody who had been through something. And if you honestly just stop and listen to the way it is told, there is no hope. Mm. There is, it's either a hopeless story or some yep. crazy random miracle and God only knows how that happened. Whereas I yeah, feel like yeah. our generation has somewhat more of a, okay, well, this seems like something this person could navigate and there are many doors, you know, whereas sometimes mm. I used to listen to those stories because I have members in my family who love to tell them and I would be like, yeah. oh, my God, that's a terrible story. You know, there's no yeah. hope in there at all. Or, oh, yeah, my gosh, yeah. well, that sounds like there was no part in that person's journey of choice. It just sounds like randomly they were suddenly okay. And I think we can sit down and go, well, I think the reason that worked was, da, 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 which is great. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's no better time to heal than now, quite frankly. The tools are available, the conversation, the support is available, like better to heal stuff now than 50 years ago. Like here we are. Mm -hmm. And that's probably due to the fact that we have so much self-analysis going on, like we've reached a point where we actually do look at ourselves and we do look at what's going on. I guess my, my wonder is 
whether or not the language of self-care, being wellness curious, putting on the face mask is all kind of leading us a bit astray, like we're getting confused with what is nurturing ourselves and sustaining ourselves through our life and our work energy and what is really deep healing. And I wonder sometimes if we're taking ourselves off path or finding another way of feeling like we're doing that healing, but it's not the stuff that really moves a life into balance or alignment or gets the power back into our system as our body and our health or into our relationships or into the way we function and the way energy is organized around us. And yeah, that worries me a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Wrong. I'm a hundred percent all for us taking something back in our lives and us nurturing ourselves and giving back to ourselves and, you know, making this more comfortable, this journey, this you know, the stuff that closes in on us, the work, the laundry, the dishwasher, you know, the tuck shop orders, the homework, relationship pressure, uh, family pressure, all of it, you know, sometimes just feels like such a load. But I equally think it's important that while we yep. consider what is nurturing, we also look at what is really worthy of deeming has the capacity to change our lives, healing capacity health capacity, abundance capacity, provide harmony within ourselves and our relationships and not let those lines get too blurry for fear that wellness could actually make us more unwell on some level, you know, if it it doesn't get defined. I guess my hope for that is that that we're going somewhere with this, that, that it is no accident that this call to healing has mm. has come through on the planet at this time. And actually where it's going to go is we're going to so deeply learn to heal ourselves that we will then be able to heal the planet. And that's where this thing is mm. going. Because I think the only way the planet is going to heal is if we heal yeah. ourselves first. Micro, macro, right? Yeah, and the faith, in, I guess, is that this is divinely corrected. Like it's always recorrected. So if you become really obsessed with yourself in the way that isn't evolving you isn't healing you then there's going to be something that stops that you know and we'll get yeah and I think it's one of the stages of spiritual growth as well that you don't you don't get stuck in yourself maybe you start with Mm. yourself but you always learn to expand outwards because you go from the individual to the collective to the universal so if you're really like Mm. if you're just kind of self-caring if you're just like popping a mud mask on every night and and thinking about yourself okay you're probably not really healing and yeah you might get stuck in self-absorption but yeah, yeah but if you're really doing your work you see that it's not just you hurting then you get to see other people's hurts and accept them then the empathy kicks in then you understand that we're all connected and then you understand that you've got to love the earth the way you love yourself and and that's where we're going. Yeah, and what that tells me and what I sit in, I think, is that we are probably as a collective going to have some very deep heart chakra opening and awakening experiences to keep pushing us up through into these other chakras, these other energies of healing, which is probably just... I think we're already in them. Yeah. I feel like we're there. (laughs) Yeah, we're moving on through, aren't we, from narcissism right through to awareness of divine. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the, um, the stages of spiritual growth. Let's talk about that. Okay, so most people enter in from a couple of different directions into healing. So either complete and utter loss 
devastation, like something has been taken away or is no longer there. Um, Secondly, something is really off, really wrong, something's not working and that's in a profound way. Life cannot keep going on the way it has been Mm -hmm. and something needs to change. Or we are something's a little uncomfortable. It's it's kind yeah. of a bit near. niggly, niggly, that thorn near. in the paw. Yep, yep. Um, or I'm starting to act unlike myself. So it's not like me to be looking outside my marriage, but I am. Or it's not mm. like me to be apathetic or despondent, and I am. So, or my friends just called me on something. My loved ones just called me on something, mm. and I didn't even know I was mm. doing it, and it's been brought to my attention. Is another one. But I'm registering it and, mm. and you know, I think I'd like to understand it more. And then there's mm. there's nothing really wrong but I'm just feeling a calling. Like yeah. I just keep ending up yeah. in this and people keep handing me books or what is this and everyone around me is. And so there really are these different ways of entering. So I like to see them as rivers or leading to an ocean. Yeah. I, I think mine as well was I had everything I wanted and there was still something missing. And I was like, hold on, yes, I, right. I've got everything I wanted, but there's still a hole inside of me that I thought I could fill with stuff and I couldn't. So you're so like door what? four. <laughs> if you think of these as like, <laughs> so you came through door four. And I do when people sit down and they talk to me and especially when we're going to work together for some time, do have a little look and see, okay, which door are you coming from? Because it mm. does dictate what the next step is obviously if you are in deep profound personal crisis you are entering in at a higher chakra than somebody that is coming in with sort of a a moderate balance in all chakras maybe some blocks up the top or some lack of awareness into different areas but generally the aura the chakras are balanced but somebody who is in profound loss and change and the energy of life is demanding that of them they're going to come in kind of like open wounds, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then after Okay, so we walk through the door. (laughs) Yes, we walk through the door. And then we really have, again, some different speeds that this happens at. So for the people who are really, I guess, in the category where it's happening to you, there is no alternative but to kind of go with the speed that it's happening at. And this is why I say I feel a bit like a midwife in this process because it's like someone presents with a birth and it is happening quickly. So you've just kind of got to get in there and go, right, I think we've got to get you safe, we've got to get you ordered, we've got to get you as grounded as possible and we need to get some big emotions into process and then we need to get you at least settled so Mm -hmm. we can look at why this has come up. For other people, it is a more gentle descent. You can start like we yeah. did at the bottom, yes. have a look at where yes. you've come from and kind of tick the boxes and go, no, work. I'm good with yep. family genetics yep. and, whoa, mm-hmm. when it got mm-hmm. to, you know, finance, yes, I have a lot of control and I didn't realise that. That's where it hit, yep, yep. But generally what we do is we start by feeling into where the energy might be stuck or what's going on and then we try and start shifting it. Now, what most of us do and we've been been doing for like, you know, near on the last 20 years is that we'll reach for something we know, like someone will know someone and we'll kind of band-aid it a bit to start with. But what will eventually end up happening is you will start to get 
it doesn't matter how many practitioners you go to or how many workshop weekends, you'll start to get these revolving ideas of your core issues. Like you'll start to go, yeah, I'm having yeah. oh, rejection issues, constantly feeling yeah. less than. And you start to go, I'm kind of starting to get my top five. And what you want to do with those is we want to start really going in and seeing what's going on. We want understanding. Then we want emotional release through psychophysical release. Then we want to teach the mind and the body how to level it back out and kind of get a rebalance. So what we want to try and do once we start to understand our issues or the things that are most prevalently coming online is we want to kind of enter the journey in through those feelings, in through those experiences. Mm, we want to get some understanding. Yes, we want to get some understanding, but mm-hmm. we also want to get to the feelings and mm. we want to then process the feelings. Good old feelings and yes. feeling your feelings. Yeah, we've talked about it previously, but being able to feel this means that you can heal it. If you have a way or someone who can help you process your feelings. Now, we live in a world where we, I don't understand this because I've never been this person, but we really like to take it slow and contain the feelings. And and one of the things I will say that there are some counselling experiences out there where that counselling session will only move as far as you will let it. As it, like, so you really mm. dictate how much truth you're willing to tell yourself. So if you rock up and you know you've got a raging addiction, right? So you're in couples therapy, you know you're on porn every single day. You're just not mentioning that. You just, it's completely not entering the room. That therapist is going to spend time talking about your communication and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all sorts yep. of things until suddenly the light comes on that there was something going on in the background. Yep. So really yep. the truth of how you present in the beginning with all of this and how deeply honest you're willing to be with yourself and if you're working with someone else, how deeply you're willing to be honest with them allows you then to get to the true feelings, allows you then to process those feelings through the mind and the body and allows you to learn how to get a new norm going on and I only discovered this from doing it in a way that I didn't get that from the beginning like I would go and do something and I wouldn't get that set that reset and I was spending all this money to not get to this other side and I had to stop it and say to the universe I can't I don't have any more money so we have to do this a different way and the message came back write down what you think is going on as much as you understand the pattern get to define the emotions, move them through your body. It has to be some kind of primal release that is done and safely for you and then you need to be massaged and reset and to be put back into a safe place. And, you know, healing is difficult, right? And I think Mm. some people get there, some people don't. I think we all know at least one person in our lives who maybe goes to every single workshop and has read every book and has Mm. tried every different technique and has so much Eckhart Tolle on their shelves that it's kind of, you know, he's got the whole collection and yet nothing shifts for them. They can't (laughs) integrate it into their lives. They're not able to heal. So why is it that, that some people can heal and some people don't? And what does it even mean to recover? Yeah, and I don't think there's a one answer to this. I certainly have experienced enough of this journey because funny thing that used to keep happening to me was that they keep coming to me were people who had spent $10,000 
on traveling the world and going and sitting in front of you every shaman and and suddenly for some reason they would end up in front of me and say right well tell me why that hasn't mm. worked now i couldn't understand why that would happen for years and mm. that's a lot of pressure on somebody who's just sitting mm-hmm. in a little room with a little <laughs> chair to go you're my last oh, chance yeah, you're my Fix bastion it. of hope okay <laughs> i think i can do it okay, i'll say this so i had spent a lot of money on my own healing and the only thing as i said that kind of made a difference was when i put it through that full wash cycle i i realized that you could sit in therapy for 20 years talking about it if you didn't move it through your nervous system out of your body and get that change and you didn't reset the trauma patterning and learn how to reset your neurological balance you probably were not going to be able to do it outside of the healing room so that was a big thing what was interesting to me about all the people that were coming who had been seeking and in front of these people not only had they been doing it all separately, like they hadn't put it all together. So they might have Mm. run something through their mind, so done a mental workshop, then done a physical workshop, but it wasn't sort of all done in an order. It wasn't done together. The other thing was that they were kind of building an identity around Mm. who they were in this community, the spiritual seeking. And getting stuck in a wound maybe. Yes, and Mm. I noticed that a lot of those people were craving the love of family connection, bonding, group connection, you know, even starting to identify with who they were in their wound. So, hi, I'm an addict, I'm, which I understand it is so important to name, as we said, exactly truthfully and authentically what is going on because that is one of the first steps to healing. Yet if it has been going on for years and you are not seeing yourself as a recovered or reclaimed person, what happens is you are literally feeding the wound every time you're going to heal it. And so it becomes a vicious cycle of, well, that felt really good and it kind of filled me up. But because my real wound is I feel alone and disconnected, unloved, unseen, and the wound is getting me all those things, as much as I want to heal my wound, I'm also loving the journey and what it's getting me at the same time. And that's a tricky conversation to have. One of our jobs is to have really tricky conversations with really wonderfully, beautifully open people that sometimes get stuck just like us and that is a it, that's a very hard part to get to when you have to say to somebody there's a blind spot and I'm going to have to be the one if it's okay because you've asked me to to help you massage your awareness to see it sometimes it happens sometimes it doesn't sometimes I'll take that and go and do it with someone else which is equally as wonderful but yeah the is it the shame that's binding that is it the the resistance the the fear of letting go is it that the wound will actually then leave you with the, the original wound and that is what's most scary? Welcome to Fight Club. Therapy's the name of a hot new club. You know, I mean, think Fight Club, right? Because Marla Singer, <laughs> she went to all the different groups and she had friends and connections in that group. They were her social outings, you know. It's real identity, and yeah. Everett, that famous scene, you know, Tuesday night, pancreatic cancer Thursday night you know there was all those different things so the language of wounds have become an intimacy and we make agreements in those groups and in our partnerships that 
that wound is what we're going to bond on. That wound is okay. It's Mm. why we're in a relationship together. So I'm not saying that going to recovery, of course, because I'm 100% pro recovery and recovery groups isn't the way to go because it is. But yes, you may end up in a group that you need to assess the experience of this in and say, I need to be moving in a group that is empowered to heal and change and to see themselves as recovering and recovered Mm. rather than wounded and victimized by it. I've experienced this in my own life in that I have done a lot of work at this point Uh, You know, you've been present Mm. for a lot of work that I've done Mm. Um, and I've done a lot of healing and I would like to think of myself as the most healed I've ever been, the most whole and complete I've ever been. Certainly um, maybe the best version of me I've ever been. Mm. It's, It's what I've been working towards. But even though I've been doing all this healing in myself, some of my friends just haven't then wanted to be my friend anymore. Like it actually has led to relationships ending, friendships ending Mm. because I changed. It's not the version of me that they signed up for initially. It's not the version of me they're interested in Mm. and they're out. And so I can understand why then people then kind of do a version of that within themselves where they're like, I want to change, but I don't really want to change. I'm kind of terrified. I'll just stay in my wounds. So you raise an amazing point because, yes, not only do you change but then everything around you changes, Mm. everything connected to you changes. Mm -hmm. And, yes, sometimes Mm -hmm. that's very isolating and no wonder all of that other juicy, yummy connection, even if wounded, feels great. There is something else that comes in with this and it's called change back behaviour. And as we start to change and we have chosen previously people around us that were very comfortable with who we are, potentially our wounds, what happens is we start to shed those and give those up and change. There is this pushback to go, well, why would you want to do that? And how Mm. can I sort of sabotage you? You know, people tell me stories like this all the time. I'm giving up sugar and my flatmate just so happens to – bake a whole lot of muffins that are my favourite mm, or, yep. you know, you know you're trying to get out of debt and then somebody ropes that energy back into your life somehow. You don't want to be in obligation but then somebody gets so sick that you've got to give them that call and you've got to go. And you can see how this becomes manipulative and mm. and why it's difficult. And so if some people don't heal because the energy around them isn't conducive to that healing. And then some people, as we were saying, don't heal completely because the energy they've gone towards isn't moving towards complete healing. So, wow, it's a minefield again. And because it's a process as well. And sometimes people might not be healed yet right yes. but it's the journey and they're they're heading there and it's just it's hard and it's slow and patience is required have you kept friendships through your healing because i know that required of me to have really open conversations with people and kind of see if they were willing to have those conversations with me about what I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. And I'm really grateful for those friends in my life who are like, okay, you are not what you were at 17, 18. Mm. We either accept you for what you are now or are fully embracing it and coming with you on the journey. Have you had that experience? And that is what I found, that some friendships ended but some friendships grew deeper and some friends who were like peripheral mm. friends who was like, oh, yeah, I know that person now are really deep, close friends 
because they're on we're all on the same wavelength it's again it's back to that meme it's like we're not going out and getting drunk we're talking about our traumas and so those people you know that share share my language and share my interests have come closer and the people who don't share my language and my interests have, have moved away so it's not like total abandonment but it definitely is a reshuffling like it's remarkable how when you change inside of you you also change outside of you and every year I teach this I experience this through many different facets like it never ceases to amaze me the little things that come up in these relationship experiences Mm. and sometimes they're not what you expect so I think it is a worthy conversation to have because it is actually where usually the where people are the most sad about the feeling of like but I want to fly I want to keep doing this I'm feeling the benefit I'm loving myself sick more than ever ever have like you said and yet I am sad that that person may not come. I am loving myself sick. There is no <laughs> doubt about it. Well, Lizzo's going to love you right back for that. For all the non-Australians listening out there, that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, loving yourself sick. <laughs> no, it isn't. And I just remember feeling this feeling once where I was like, I just have this warm sense of peace with whatever was happening with me, which I hadn't felt before. And I do remember feeling sad that there were people I deeply loved and wanted to connect in with and have a journey with in my Mm. life. Like maybe it was just an experience of joy and thinking Mm. we are never going to get there together. We are not. We are not going to have that. Yeah. yeah. And I wish it for you but I probably won't be there for yeah. it. Right? And and that's, wow, that, that's a whole episode on its own because there is some deep work that has to happen into that space. But I think if we go back to how people heal and why they don't, these are definitely some of the reasons. And also I think there's another really big reason that people really get into a bit of trouble and that is a, a space of woundology yeah. and spiritual addiction. Yep. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about that, actually. Let's talk about spiritual addiction and how people get there and what it looks and feels like when they are there. It's a thing. It's a thing like love addiction. I didn't know it was a thing. Mm, didn't um, know it was a thing, but it is. <laughs> it is a thing. Oreo addiction, not a thing, and I don't suffer from it. Shut up. Sorry, spiritual <laughs> addiction, you were saying? It's the addiction to the spiritual high. It's the mm. addiction to sometimes being little and um, being subservient to someone else mm. who's on the journey. Finding a teacher. Oh, yeah. Being chosen. Oh, and then another teacher and then another teacher and then another teacher. Yes. And wanting to be seen and chosen and wanting to be mm. validated for the specialness and mm. the spirit with inside of you. Which we all do it, want, right? We all that's we all want to be seen. Yeah. But it can yeah. be healthy and it can be unhealthy. Yeah, we do. We do want it. We, I mean, it's human nature to want to gravitate towards others and see ourselves reflected and feel ourselves reflected. Mm. But this is a really unhealthy desire, almost a childlike desire to mm, be even, approval. Yes, and to be better than the group in some ways. Mm. And that that's one form of it. And the other form of it is I'm just happy nestling in my complete subservience within the group. And there was that amazing Osho documentary. Did you oh, get to That see? was wild, wasn't it? Oh. Just wild. I knew some people who lived at the, the Indian ashram 
back in the day. And they'd actually said to me, like, they'd played it down a little bit. They'd be like, no, it wasn't that wild, actually. Everybody said it was wild, but it wasn't. And then I watched the documentary and I was like, oh, my Lord, what is your definition mm. of not wild? It, and there was that other documentary called Kamare, and he did this amazing experiment where he was not a guru at all. He was a film student and he looked at all the elements of a guru and went, I'm going to go to India and tell everyone I'm a guru when I come back from the West and I'm going to see if I can attract a following as a research experiment. Wow. And he documented it and it was it's fascinating. If you get to go and watch it, it is absolutely fascinating. And it, it's a tricky business, this experience, because you do need to excite people and inspire people and guide people. And I guess if you are a teacher, you want to be inspiring but that whole tipping point of becoming that guru or, you know, that omnipresent being in a physical form, gosh, I think that gets really tricky and, and it leads yep. to a whole group of people not healing. Like, I mean, most of those things end up combusting at mm. some point or people just get stuck in them for years and years and, and years. And it just it doesn't heal anyone. It compounds First. trauma. It compounds abuse. It compounds pain. It doesn't because I think the whole thing with that is it's like, again, what we've talked about here is the kind of healing that we try to teach people, the kind of connection to spirit that we try to treat, teach people is you get to do it yourself through yourself. Yes. Anything that's like that is cultish. Yeah. is you have to go through me to get to it and I am your access point to it and that's where people can really get stuck. And at any given day, even though, you know, I might be nailing five things at the moment, I'm probably really not nailing two others mm. or yeah. seven others. I mean, maybe I, there's eight blind spots that I have and it's always that concept of waking up humble before the universe and saying there's probably a lot I don't yeah. know today but yes if you need me to stand in front of a group of people who are holding the need for this kind of information and anything I can say can stop their suffering sure but end of story once I leave that experience do you know what I mean it's like it's not holding a sense of constant need for reverence from other people. The other form of guru, which is something that has only developed, I think, in the last 10 years, is spiritual fads. And this can be that, and we talked about it in the very first episodes of What is Woo Woo? And that is that people gather around, you know, these extreme diets or these extreme needs for some kind of system of healing and there's only one way and anyone who has really gone that path and that I've sat in front of anyway, I always find that it's too rigid. It's probably coming from a need for control or to feel like there is a way or there is a path and that there's a whole lot of rules and regulations that are really going to keep me safe and get me to the other side just as I want to be and I won't have to feel or going through the trauma dark night of the soul. And of course, that's just n not, you know, the way the ocean moves. So it it's counterproductive. So and people get, um, you know, have that with certain teachers or teachings around this kind of work. And I just think that this experience is about stretching the mind constantly, constantly questioning and sort of seeing that so many things fit into the system of needing to understand, to feel, to release and reset. Like it doesn't have to be one thing 
that does that. It's like there's lots of things that fit into those categories and being open to experiencing them. And I always say get on a road, get off a road, get on a road, get off a road. And enjoy the cycle, right? Like everything has cycles. The earth has cycles, the moon has cycles, our body has cycles, healing has cycles, and every part of the cycle is profound and is important. One of the wonderful things that I was personally thrilled to discover when I got to that breaking point, no money, very little energy left to keep going to all these healers to patch myself back together because I was dealing with major sexual abuse, PTSD trauma, like trauma that I had repressed for years and years and years. So it was not it was not little. It was big. I was suffering immensely. I was having flashbacks. I was shaking in every part of my being. It was incredibly difficult. So I really needed help very quickly. And one of the things Mm. that when I got to that breaking point and I started to channel this feeling of needing to understand what was going on in my system, and thank God I read Anatomy of the Spirit and could kind of use Mm. that to help me guide Mm -hmm. what I was feeling and seeing, then I could get to my feelings then I could find people who knew how to process this stuff. And my question was, do you process it through the body? Like, are you going to help me feel this? Because that's what I'm scared of. I'm scared of feeling it. I'm scared of remembering. I'm scared of it. Can you help me? And then finding really truthful, beautiful people who could help me heal and reset and feel good in my body. What happened was I channeled that I needed to go and see people who could help me with each of those stages, someone who could talk it through, someone could feel it through, move it through reset it and then it would be like and take two or three weeks off and then do it again now that's not what we're taught we're like weekly weekly experiences come and talk to me weekly and that actually doesn't give you the chance to see how far you've come to see if you need to keep talking about that and to see that you are building a sense of yourself and your personal connection and power within healing with someone else rather than just continuously them being available to you and by the way you continuously paying which is not good for your energy either because it's costing you a freaking fortune to keep going and doing this because you you do have to put it through yourself and you can take as much guidance as you need but ultimately you're the one who needs to do the work Um, and through every level of your being and every aspect of yourself, you need to put it into practice and take the time that you need to take for it to really fully, um, go through you. There was, there will be a point, no matter who you go and sit in front of, no matter what process you do, you can, you know, go to the most amazing amped up weekend on personal power success and, you know, all those kinds of things. You still have to go home and practice it, right? Put it into practice. Yep. Go through it again. And that's where the personal power, the third chakra, the throat chakra, all those upper chakras and lower chakras have to kick in together. And there's no way else but across that bridge, really. And you know how sometimes you think that, okay, I've got a gym membership and I never use it. I never actually go to the gym, but I've got the membership and I think that's the same thing as going to the gym three times a week. I'm pretty Mm. sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's not, that's not actually how it works, right? If you've got the gym membership, you've got to go to get the benefits. That's signing up is not enough. You have to um, commit. And what I want to say is it doesn't matter how much of a perfect person and client or shower-upper, it doesn't matter how much of a perfect shower-upper you are, 
there will be some point where you will feel resistance. And I've just learned that over the years. I have had clients who have done, if I ask them to do, you know, something in their life and examine it, they will do it with every inch of themselves. It could be three years on, we'll come back, go through another cycle and there will be resistance then. So at some point we have to, it's, it's it's kind of like learning to tend to the brumby within inside ourselves, the wild brumby. At some point we're going to have to turn around and go, okay, that's a part that I need to get over. And that's when you know you're having a breakthrough. And sometimes that is preceded by a breakdown, let's be honest. Um, and that's part of the cycle. Falling apart and falling together. I think that as you talked about the cycles and even with teachers and certain types of healing, certain types of experiences, it's good to go away, come back, have a break. Like school, you know, you get a different teacher, but equally you go yep. on school holidays. You you yeah, had time yep. away. You didn't just sit in the classroom all the time and hammer this experience and think that's going to be it for the rest of my life, you know. And also we do all of this as well so that we can enjoy our lives. Yes, it's like what you please. said at the beginning of this. We don't have to constantly be digging up the dinosaur bones of ourselves. We're allowed to like just sit on the beach and not pick the shovel up for a while as well and just sit in the sunshine. Yeah, and that was what was profound about being told, go and do this for a week and then live. Then revisit it in three weeks' time. Learn to live, learn to manage your anxiety, learn to use these techniques. Amazing. The other thing you and I have spoken about is that, yeah, yes, go dancing, go walking. The other thing that you and I have spoken about, which is so true, for all the money I've ever spent, for everything that I've ever done, the techniques that probably were the in the end, the ones that set me free were the ones that I had to do at home, cost me no money or very little money. Like, for example, the mirror work. You had to do yourself. That you and I, you know, go and buy a 99 cents mirror and you sit in front of the mirror and you look at yourself and make that connection. It's profound and it costs 99 cents. Mm. It it costs you time, energy and commitment, but it was 99 cents. So a lot of the things that eventually that I did go back to some of the simplest, most profoundly go anywhere, do anything at any time of the day, cheapest things in the world. That is some of the good news here that they not only are there tools and techniques out there available, maybe more now than ever, but a lot of them are free. A lot of them you do yourself. A lot of them you can get the information free. You can do it yourself. It costs you nothing. It's very accessible to many people. What a time to be alive. Yes, there are gazillions of free meditations online and people teaching you how to tap away your anxiety. And and groups based around whatever trauma you've experienced that maybe the group wasn't spoken about 10 years ago and it is spoken about now and people who look like you and feel like you are already together healing together and you can go find them. Yes. Back in the day when I was healing my love addiction that was profound and the sex addiction that goes along with that sometimes – there were no real groups like SLA, no. sex, love and relationships addiction was like, who are you talking about? That would, It was, you know, mm. the backwaters. You can now get online and join a Skype group any day, any time. It is running 24-7 because our planet is literally falling asleep and waking up at opposite ends. So if you're having a bad yeah. day, you can get online and there are fellowships out there that and there'll will be someone there. help you. Yeah, and that that's profound. That's that's one of the reasons yeah. people can heal at the moment. Yeah. yeah, right. So what are our takeaways? This beautiful topic of healing, the possibilities of healing, the um difficulties of healing, the messiness and the beautiness of being the beaten, the broken and the damned. What are our takeaways for from today's episode? There will be an entry point. 
everyone's entry point mm. will be different. Yeah. If you sit with it, you will figure out what your entry point is, why. Mm-hmm. The people will always gather to help you on this journey. Books are your friend. These yes. writers, Alanya Van Zandt, one day my soul just opened up, Carolyn Meese, yes. Anatomy of the Spirit, um, The Seat of the Soul by Gary Zukov. The Untethered Soul, I would also like to recommend. These books are our friends to start with. They are our Bibles mm. and they guide us through. And, you know, if there is something that you are trying to really work on and you are, you, life has become unmanageable, it is there are free groups everywhere that you can access and equally yeah. to work with the stages of your trauma and the stages of your healing and to feel okay about where you're at to feel okay no shame yeah no, no doubt no punishment of the self just accepting where you're at and that's where you are and that's where you begin your healing yes. journey yes yes and that there is going to be times where you will feel that resistance or that change back behavior Yet if you keep going with the goal of my intention is to heal and go through the wound for the connection to myself and the light, the idea of this healing is that we get to live more fully and more joyfully and more open and shed this skin to dance no matter what the weather is and really enjoy it. Yes, to more joy. Yes. yes, to more healing. The, uh, the yes, goal to more is dancing. Joy. And to, to know that you can have that joy along the way. It's not like it's all mm. shit and gloomy and horrid and traumatising <laughs> every single shit, day. But... <laughs> yeah, but it's like you have a really hard day and then you have really mm. like the lows are low but the highs are the highest and most deepest fulfilling experiences and that's what keeps you going. Mm. My friend Rosie said, when she saw me once on my veranda, she said, you know what? She's scooping out the cup to fill it up. It's going deeper. That's mm. what I see. And yeah. and she was right way back then. She was right. As always, um, we at the Wooverse are here for you. We have recorded some tools and techniques in this week's Universal Treasure Chest. So, again, more tools and techniques that are free and that are there for you anytime you need them. And, hey, just before we go, we've got a little favour to ask, don't we, Lynette? Yes, please. It's a little rate thing. It's a little review thing. If you enjoy the podcast, it would be so helpful for us if you could Mm. go to wherever you listen to us and leave a really nice review and five stars, right? Yeah. Uh, tell us what you think and love so that other people can find us. It helps us shimmy up there and makes us really visible. And it's one of the ways that we can get the whole squad vibrating higher. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much in advance. We love you. Lynette, it's been a pleasure talking with you about all of this. Oh, pleasure, Kiralee. Support you. Oh, support you. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. The Wooverse is recorded and edited by our incredible super producer, Dan Zivkovic. We love him. And if this conversation has brought up anything for you or if there's any extra work you've realised you want to do around this topic, then please know that you do not have to traverse the Wooverse alone. We encourage you to build a support team around you and to do what you need to do to take really good care of yourself because you're amazing. So be good to you.